listen to Western Contours Podcast, sharing experiences, providing insight, and looking for solutions to become better hunters. Whether you're chasing bugles over the next ridge, sitting a stand out east, this is about passion, pursuing our dreams of field, our lifestyle, the betterment of self and community, the enlightenment that comes from those moments spent in God's creation. Through these conversations, I hope you find insight, inspiration, education, and motivation to push beyond your limits. Yeah, I There's like, I think there's two left. Oh, there's, oh, that's you. Oh, them going to Yeah, that's all going to use. So you right down the road? I'm no, I'm a uh, Newcastle. Oh, Newcastle. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm down in Buffalo Creek. I'm okay. Right road, man. Yeah. Cool, man, brother. I've been I wanting to do this. Yeah, yeah, man. I was. Yeah. I saw you running around last year. We were here. Yeah. And then uh, the podcast that you had just kicked the podcast off, and I like to watch a little bit, right? If I don't know somebody and just kind of learn, yeah. right? Just kinda, the temperature. Yeah. See what see what everybody's about. But I listened to a couple of episodes, and I'm like, my man. <laughs> yeah. It's isn't it a cool? It's a cool thing, right? Because we're, you know, you get into your day to day, and and you're kind of isolated from. And I was just talking about it over there, right? From that community, that like minded, you know. So it's like, yeah, yeah. You know, whenever like you I see said, it, you meet people that's everybody around here they're all about it and it's cool yeah be, not that you ever hide it but you can be very open about it you yeah know what I'm saying? And speak openly about there's it. been years i hide i hit it do you, you know what's up right you know what i mean because yeah. even with like you know with family and stuff people look at you and then i was in cali so you know there it was like hunting what you know what i mean people still do that another thing that that i have issues with is if somebody and this hasn't happened but i just can't imagine if somebody that's anti comes up and has something ill to say to me. I'm not good at being able to um, be speaking diplomacy. So we had a, I had a couple times in Cali. We were hunting. I mean, you know, I grew up in South Central, so you know, looking up at at the Angeles National Forest, it wasn't Angeles National Forest. It was the Hollywood sign. So I had no, I had no idea that any of that existed until I started hunting. Yeah. So you get up there, right, and and you at that point, I'm just doing my thing. I'm going out. I'm looking for animals. And me and my buddy were coming out of a spot, and it's about a five-mile hike, and the last two miles is on um, a, a pretty well-used hiking trail, right? So you get all the people coming up from Glendora, La Cunada, things like that, and they just want to go on a hike. And it was, I'll never forget, it was three chicks and a dude, and this one woman, I'm going to be nice, sure. this one woman decided that she didn't want to just talk about it and we were i was calm right she wanted to you know motherfuck us and go up and down and you guys and i'm calling the police like okay call the police right you're impeding on a legal hunt blah 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 blah. and you try and you try and right their wrong to a point and uh i did pretty good my buddy i'm not gonna say his name my buddy lost it yeah, I bet. He lost it. I he bet. couldn't take it. And the dudes, the dudes are looking right and they're like, okay, these guys got weapons. We don't know them. You're talking all this shit. Yep. And then we had a lady, kind of the same area, but we're coming out a different way. And uh, you know, we and we try to we try to not conceal, but you know, hide the fact that, you know, we got rifles and stuff because we know how people are. And she jams over on the side of the road, you know, just past us, and she's on her cell phone looking at her thing, and you know what she's doing. Oh, she's yeah, calling, you know, yeah. calling the sheriff. So it's like, you know, it's hunting season. Have a good day. It's a trip, man. Crazy it's thing a trip. Is that lady probably got in the car and went to In-N-Out and got a burger. Yeah. yeah, she's talking shit about going. It, it, it's a weird thing, too, right? I mean, I get, right, if somebody sees a firearm, they're not used to it, and there's some concern there. But we weren't, you know what I mean? We got right. packs on, we got camo. It's obvious what we're doing. Yep. And I think a lot of people are, are naive to the fact that it happens around them. 
when when we were there, I was I took my brother in law, so he wanted to get into archery hunting. Um and <laughs> he goes, Hey, I want to go with you and check it out. I said, All right, I'm gonna leave work early, meet me, jump in the truck, we'll go up. So we ran up and I just wanted him to experience it. Go up, walk in a couple miles, I arrow a doe. And uh, we're bringing the doe out and I and I sounds horrible, right? We went in, fanny packs on, on bikes. Mm-hmm. So I just gutted the doe, I put her over the bike and I, I'm wheeling her out. People mm-hmm. are like, oh, there's deer in here? And I'm like, there's deer, look at those deer right there. Right. Look at the, you know right. what I mean? It's a trip, man. It's just, I don't know. I digress. <laughs> I digress. So man, you know, for the folks that don't know who you are, um, give them a little backstory. And um, I'm, I'm really curious with the, with the retired to hunt thing, right? And, and the, and the uh, ball career to understand that myself, man, because it's a, I don't think it's an necessarily an odd flip of the switch but to call it retired to hunt like i, I want to know the story behind that because there's got to be something yeah so i mean grew up in i'm josh walker uh played some football you know i played uh two years in green bay two, two years in jacksonville and uh, a season in houston but before football was ever there for me so let me try to get my timeline correct here so i started playing football in eighth grade i mean i shot my first deer when i was seven eight years old you know super young shot my first one with a bow in 1999 like i've been at it for a long time so hunt was there before football was ever there and uh even when i was playing so in the national football league tuesdays that's your off day and every tuesday now when you're young if you're a rookie you still go to the weight room because they take attendance in the weight room but the older you get the more you can talk to the strength coach on monday and be like hey man i'm probably not gonna be here on tuesday you know what i mean and once they get to know you they know why you know mm-hmm. what i mean and on Tuesdays, I'd end up sneaking out and, you know, typically it was duck hunting because there's a lot less logistics that goes into going out, finding ducks, you know, and killing ducks as opposed to trying to kill a big mature buck, right? So sometimes I'd go out, find a bill on public land, kill her, or I'd go out and I'd shoot ducks. And uh been duck hunting the same amount of time, a long time. I really don't know how I got into the duck hunting because where I'm from in East Tennessee, man, the if you shoot two ducks, I mean, you might be in a newspaper. I'm talking about, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's I mean, a word with hell of a day, right? It's just the, the duck numbers aren't there. But for whatever reason, man, I fell in love with it. And, uh, you know, from a very young age, like I said, hunting just always been there for me. And uh, I won't sit here and say that hunting is 100% why I retired. You know, to be honest with you, everybody in sports, that time comes where, for me, I just could not fathom the thought of sitting in another team meeting room. Like I was, after the 2018 season, Looked at my good buddy Brandon Linder. I was like, "Hey man, this might be it." And he started laughing, didn't believe me, and I was like, "I'm dead ass serious. I, like, I think this is gonna be it." And uh, so my lease ran up. I had it timed out perfectly. Where after the 18 season, my lease would run up. So took all my stuff uh, that January or into December somewhere in there. Took all my stuff in my truck. Had my uh, my duck boat behind the truck. Looked like the Beverly Hillbillies, man. The back of my truck was filled up to the top of the cab with a big cargo net over it. My boat's filled up with stuff with a big cover over the top of it, and I'm headed northwest of Jacksonville. But I told my buddy, I said, hey, y'all want to stop in uh, Stuttgart and try to shoot some public land ducks in the timber? <laughs> and he's like, what is this, your farewell hunt or something? I'm like, yeah, pretty damn much. I was like, I'm done, dog. I'm telling you. He's like, you ain't fucking done. You're full of shit. I'm like, all right, bet. So, so anyway, we go to Stuttgart, Arkansas, and I'm loaded down, and we end up shooting a few ducks that weren't very good. And the crazy thing is, is I had for two days, we hunted for five days. For two of those five days, I had private ground rounded up. Uh, rice fields, you know, I brought my snow goose rig, all that stuff. I mean, I had everything of my, everything of my life was with me on that hunt. You know what I mean? From Jacksonville. 
And uh, we didn't do very good, had a hell of a time, man. Uh, you know, if you're a duck hunter, you owe it to yourself at some point to get out to Arkansas. Just the sheer fact of the numbers of birds that you're going to see just driving to and from the spots, man. I mean, you'll see Farmer John's rice field, and there'll be a 30,000 snow goose feed just hanging out. And, and a lot That's of people crazy. don't really see that, especially just right off the road. I don't right? think people realize the magnitude oh. Of something like 30, that. I'm talking about tens of thousands, and I'm probably being conservative here. Like, the whole field looks like it snowed. You know what I mean? Like, that's the type of stuff you get to see. And then you go out there on the public land, and you're in the timber. And unfortunately for me, the way uh, Arkansas kind of allocates their seasons, there's a first split and a second split, which is how it is a lot of places. You know, it opens up, it closes, and then it opens up for the long push at the end. Well, I'm getting there at the tail end of the second split. The reason why I say all that is, is they've been shot at all year. You know what I'm saying? So, super highly pressured birds. There's still birds there, but man, like certain times you would call, and I would consider myself a pretty good duck caller. You would call, and those ducks would be working, and they would just flare off the call. I mean, they just were not having it. So a lot of our success came from calling from a distance, getting their attention, and then just shutting up because let them I mean, come they've in. been called at and called at and called at. But, uh, you know, kind of went down a rabbit hole of, of hunting ducks and stuff right Arkansas. But uh, so after that. Oh, know, no, no, no. Keep going. <laughs> Keep going because that knowledge base is shining yeah, right now. So, <laughs> so, you know, we hunt ducks in Arkansas. We don't do real good, man. I had it all the time. And I go home. And by home, I mean, I just purchased my house out here uh, because I told my buddy, I'm like, dog, I am done. So move out here 20 minutes from here, American Bowman. And the first year. I was like, I didn't really realize how accessible the elk hunt was, how accessible the big game hunt was. So I was just hunting ducks everywhere. I'm talking about, I'm on the CPW website, reserving spots to all these, all this stuff. All I did was, was bird hunt. But then at the end of that year, I started watching elk videos. I'm like, damn, this is kind of like turkey hunting on crack, man. Like the vultures <laughs> and all that, right? I'm like, this is cool. I really want to try this. So next year, my buddy, Actually, I'll, I'll kind of tell you the backstory of how I met this dude. So in 2019, I killed a – my first Western big game animal was an antelope. Solo, public land, with my bow, the Alpohai. Took five days to get him killed. Went down south. I'll tell you about the unit later. But uh, So I end up shooting this goat, and I lose my phone. So I get home. I'm like, damn, I don't have my phone. But I was still so high off of killing that, like, a nice 73, 74-inch goat. My first ever antelope Damn. With my bow is incredible. So public? Public land. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It was sick. And uh, – so I get home and lose my phone. And two days later, my mom calls. Hey, somebody's got your phone. I'm like, this is a scam. There's no way. So long story short, the guy's like, I'm actually, I was just hunting where you were at. I'm driving back towards Denver. You want to meet? I'm like, all right, let's meet. So I have my pistol on me just in case. <laughs> you never know. So, so I, go to, I meet him at the gas station. Guys got my phone. I try to pay him. He wouldn't take a dime. And from that point forward, we were just cool. Like we exchanged numbers and we started exchanging pictures. You know, sometimes people will say they hunt. But until you kind of look at their portfolio, right, you know, right, yeah, it don't really resonate with them. And yep. We kind of exchanged some pictures and videos, and we were both kind of like, all right. This dude's all right. So, uh, and I ended up the next year. He drew one of the White Sands Missile Base uh, Oryx hunts, mm -hmm. and I actually went down there and accompanied him on that hunt. But anyway, going back to my first elk hunt. Now, keep in mind, I didn't have a tag. It was with him. He called me. He's like, he's got thick uh, Minnesota accent. Hey, I think I'm gonna go out for uh for the if you'd like to come with me. Uh, you know, I'm gonna go out kind of down southwest of you a little bit. And I'm like, Yeah, well, when do you want to leave? He's like, Well, I get off of work about four or five o'clock. You know, if you want to leave about six, I was like, Damn, we ain't gonna get to the trailhead till 10, 11 o'clock. He's like, Yeah, you know, I suppose. I'm like, Well, all right, I'm down anyway. <laughs> so we go and Hell we pull yeah. up the parking lot, and everybody's got, I mean, the parking lot is full. People got their headlights on, drinking beer, throwing the football at 10, 11 o'clock at night. So my buddy's like, Well, I don't know, maybe I suppose we should go to a different spot. I'm like, I don't know anything about this. You tell me. He's like, Well, you think you can sleep in the truck? I said, 
No, but I could sit here for a couple of hours, but no, nah, I ain't sleeping in here. He said, well, should we take our tents out? I was like, well, no, nah, I'm not going to break down camp in three hours and they head in. He's like, well, are you thinking what I'm thinking? I'm like, unfortunately, probably so. So we put our headlamp on 10, 11 at night, hiked in two and a half Heck hours. Yeah, that's it. And this dude is five, 10, 175 pound trail runner. And this is like my second time in the mountains. And I'm just so prideful that he grabbed his trekking poles. I grabbed mine. He put his head down, never looked back. And I mean, this dude's probably going two and a half mile an hour the whole way. Just shoot, shoot, head down, shoot, shoot, shoot. and I'm dying. But I'm, I'm <laughs> just for pride, I'm on this hill. Like, so we get to the spot in camp, and it's freezing cold, but we're under a fire band. So I'm like, damn, we can't do nothing. So uh, a restless night of sleep. I'm talking about whenever I quote unquote woke up from my sleep, there's frost all over my sleeping bag, frost on the tent. I slept in my boots, slept in every article of clothing I had. And uh, so we go out. We do like a six mile loop, probably about 2,200 foot of vert. And for me, I'm still 310 at the time. I'm a big dude still doing all this stuff and at his speed. And at so, elevation that you weren't used to. <laughs> so, so we get back to the tent about probably 12, 1 o'clock. We have a little MRE or whatever. I'm like, hey, you know, that was a fun day. So we kind of hang out, maybe nap for an hour or two. He's like, all right, you ready for the next loop? And I'm like, another one? <laughs> so we go out for like a four or five mile loop. So you're talking about eight, nine, ten miles in a day. So it was kind of good for me to get baptized in the fire of, of what it's really like. I'll yes, absolutely. Right you know, if you come out here thinking that it's going to be like going into your, your granddaddy's back 40 and you're just going to go sit in the stand. Now, elk, now, I like that. You can, you can immobily hunt elk, sure. Yeah. But, uh, man, you better know your spot and know that they're in there, man, because a lot of times you got to go find those elk, man. You got to go find them. And I'm not saying they're always going to be 10 miles in the wilderness, but, uh, you know, a lot of times you're going to put some boot miles to get on those elk and I learned that's hard way. But yeah, man, uh it's been really good since I came out here. I've, I've killed a couple antelope, killed a couple uh mule deer, shot a nice my first bull was in 2021. Shot a nice 320s just bull, got spoiled that way. Uh but man, it's just something about being out here and the work that goes into hunting these animals, man. It's it's so fun to me. So so do you do you find or can you liken there's got to be a let me let me start that over there's got to be a gap right as as you know you start you said you started playing ball when you were eight, you know eight years old right uh, eighth grade eighth grade yeah. so you know with that that's a grind right yeah. and then to go to college and go to the league which is like less than what is it now less than 0.2 percent yeah, or something very, like very that make it to the league but that competitive nature it don't just leave right <laughs> no <laughs> so did you find was there a hole in that part of you and did you find that when you started running the mountains so that you know there's still that hole even with doing this stuff uh you know there's always going to be that that hole or that scratch that'll never get itched if you will from from being you know playing in a gladiator sport like that but you know the work that goes into this stuff people don't understand it's it. underestimated I mean, <laughs> like it, there's a lot of uh, like i said boot miles and you know sometimes if you're out there and, and it gets to a point where if you don't want to be there you're thinking to yourself why am i doing this right. like, what because sometimes it's miserable like right. you know when you do a thousand foot climb you know and it's straight up and it's so steep you can't even rest because if you sit down and look down you're gonna slide down a hill you know and if, if you try to rest and just look up you know your feet are at a whatever angle that is it's just you got to get to the top to even rest or maybe you find a deer bed right and, and again i don't know if people really understand that but uh as far as that that hole hell yeah there's a hole and it'll never get filled but man doing this stuff it, it definitely helps to be able to uh to kind of have that competitive 
nature that that you know western hunting brings but it's competitive man because you compete against a lot of people out there man. well it's not just the people right it's it's that mono mono with whatever you with yourself a lot of times well that's ideas. that's see that's the part i like right and and i'm old enough to understand that ego don't mean shit anymore <laughs> so i i prefer humility over ego 100%. and whenever i feel like i'm getting too big for my britches if you will yeah i go on the mountain right and it and it reminds me how much of a small little bitch i am in the big scheme of things right i mean it just it's next level um when it comes to that but anywho (laughs) another parallel too is all right so for instance in football you can and you do have to train all year but once you get into training camp those first two three days are miserable i don't care what you've done they hurt now you look at going in on the first couple days of elk hunt you train do all that rucking it the hurts. first couple of days hurt. Like it don't yeah. matter what you do, and it's the same thing, man. Nothing replicates getting out there chasing those animals like actually doing it. Not how do you, how do you get what's what's your go to to get through that mental part of it, right? And and people are like, well, like I was a pro athlete. I'll hear that shit asking that question, right? But it's it's different, man. I mean, there's there's got to be some some like and kind there, but it's different because you're you're by yourself. You're and that's the thing, you know. You're coming from a team sport to you know call it an individual. I don't want to call it a sport. I it feel I feel like it I'm demeans same, it. I'm the same way. I'm the same. I don't like calling it a sport. I get exactly what you're saying. You know saying. what I'm saying, though? It's, yeah. Recreation, pastime, whatever you want to call it, man. Uh, yeah, I don't know. For me, it's just I lean on kind of the fundamentals, the mental stuff that I went through in sports, and it just comes down to, uh, you know, what are you going to lay here and just die? You know, mm-hmm. you get to a point where it's like, damn, I don't want to go any farther. It's like, well, you have to go farther. You know what I mean? Like, there's, sometimes there's no choice but to keep going. Uh, well, you could turn around and go back to the truck. And that's still going to hurt. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, And that's the worst hurt, right? Because then you have the regret of not doing it, oh, right? Man. And that, that doesn't that doesn't stay with you for a day or two. That stays with you for a lifetime, oh, right? Every day, oh, it'll drive you crazy. Like, oh, I know there's animals up there, right? We look up at that, at that rock face up there, right? And then most people won't go up that. Yep. And then they'll stew on that for season oh, yeah. after season after season. And it's like, no, nah, I can't do it. I'll 100%. die before I say I'm going to go and that goes down to just the never quit and, and that's the leaning on the whole sports thing i was telling you like i'm never gonna quit like you know and that's sometimes i've been in for instance when i killed a mountain lion this year uh my buddy the houndsman the cat was in the cave below my feet so literally if you're looking forward the cat was below me in a cave i got videos of him and it was a gnarly spot my buddy's like you're gonna have to lean out horizontally stick your hand in that cave with that pistol you like shoot fat and I was like, man, I'm, I'm worried about falling down in there. And he must have thought I was worried about falling in there with a cat. I was worried about hey, falling girl. in there and breaking the leg because you are not carrying me out. I weigh 285 pounds, dog. You ain't carrying me out. So I'm always very conscious of getting hurt, especially with other people. because, And it's kind of like when I go out at night and drink. Like I love to, to have a good time, but I never get to a point where I've got to be babysitted. I hate that. And one thing I don't ever want to be is liability. Right. You know what I mean? And uh, But, yeah, it just goes down to and really pride. You know, and, and just not quitting, man. Mm. Like, you get on a hunt, and there's even if there's not animals in there. Foolish pride? Sometimes it's foolish pride. <laughs> foolish pride, son of a bitch. I'm telling you, sometimes when you make your plan and it's on on X and you've been looking at it, yeah. like I do, I'll, I got to show you my own X when we get I got issues. I got five, six thousand. I mean, it's bad. But anyway, when you make that plan, I'm going to go to that spot. You know what I mean? Just straight up. Now, if I haven't heard anything on the way, I don't care. But I'm going to go to that spot. Once my mind's made up to get there, 
I'm going to get there. Come hell or high water. That's the way it is. So I want you to talk about, about that plan a little more. Cause I'm, mm -hmm. I'm anal about my planning, but mm -hmm. I'm going to tell you a little bit of a story. So my buddy out of Oregon, Ryan Lavelle, right? This dude, you look at Ryan and he's unassuming, handsome, looking up like a nice beard. Yeah. Right. And he goes out on this Wyoming cat hunt, right? These guys invited him. This motherfucker's a killer dude. And I mean, this guy kills shit. And he got on this cat hunt and get on this Tom that they've been trying. They've been trying to kill his Tom. He's like 150, 160 pounds or some There's shit, if I remember. Giant cat. And uh, he's with these Wyoming cowboys, right, and the hounds. And they're like, we got him, you know. So they book it up. And they go, he's in there. Ryan goes, he's in where? He goes, he's in there. Yeah. He's, dude, he sent me pictures after he killed this cat. I ain't shitting you. This, this hole's this big. He had to take his bino harness off. Yeah. Crawl in there. Okay. And he said he got in, he got in about seven feet and there was a ledge and the cat is on the ledge looking at him. And he said, as soon as he saw him, he started to back out. And he's like, man, these Wyoming Cowboys are going to oh, talk yeah. shit if I don't kill this yeah, cat. Gotta get it done, man. Dude. And he, he got it done. And I was like, he called me, told me the story. I was like, you did fucking what? Right. Dude? <laughs> You'll never forget that. Oh, as dude. Long as you live, it's funny because every now and again, like somebody will listen to that podcast or somebody will, you know, see that on my Instagram and hit me up about the story. And I'll say, Hey, listen to the pot. And Ryan will be like, Hey, man somebody hit me up about that damn cat and i'm like mm -hmm. she's dope dude that like fire -ass story, that's man. some that's some that's some balls man and, and also it comes down to just i love testing myself dog. like I, you yeah know, because i don't think if i consider like i'm a super humble guy but like fuck i hate it's hard to say this uh and not sound arrogant but like i consider myself a bad motherfucker mm -hmm. the only way i can do that is if i can do badass shit that's now, right the only way that you can continue to cultivate that mindset it's just to do it. Yeah, situations absolutely. Room, right? Because That's I right. do it my whole life, every day, every rep, right? You do hard shit. But like, once that was gone for me, you know, now this is the stuff that I get to go out and it's hard shit. And mm -hmm. that's coming from, I guess it's hard shit, straight up. Man, you keep, you keep parlaying. So, okay, so let's, let's talk about the planning and then talk about the hard shit again. Mm -hmm. yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean? Because, so, so with me, with the planning, right, it's huge. Um, everything I do every day, right, is, is, it's got to be checked. It's got to, you know what I mean? I have my daily list and I don't want to have anything from my, from this day to travel to the next day. And in the rare case that something bounces to the next day, it's the first thing on the list for the yeah. next day. Right. It's just, it's just how I am. Right. I mean, that's, it's how I function. It's how I process. Yeah. And sometimes some things will wane, but it's never what's on that goddamn list. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I kind of have used that, especially in my elk pursuit to be in animals, right? And it's like, man, I triangulate pieces of ground, pieces of ground, and I'll have dates where them pieces of ground, where I'm gonna complete the triangle. And it, it sounds stupid, but I get up on the mountain last year, and it's like, I'm talking to people, I talked to 13 different people over a course of seven or eight days when I was around people, and no one was seeing elk, yep. right? And I'm like, I'm an elk every fucking day. I'll never tell you that, oh, right? I I, no, I don't even say that. I go, oh, really? Man, he has a rough one. Yeah. Right. You know what I mean? So the planning aspect of it, I think it's overlooked. We, we, we talk about e-scouting mm -hmm. and we talk about all this planning and shit we're doing and training. And I don't think enough. I think we do e-scout, but I don't think we plan it out like you're talking about. Because I, I bet you if we opened our Onyx, we would see the same oh, fucking yeah. thing. Are you absolutely. color coordinated? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, yeah. Hot, cold, never been here. Yeah. Because there's nothing like 
for instance, last year, I went in five days before archery started to a brand new unit. Never been there in my entire life. And it was the coolest thing. When day one of scouting, I found out. Right. You know what I'm saying? It's like, I've never been here in my life. Didn't ask nobody about it. But I looked and if you understand elk finding features, and I'm not saying that I'm a mastermind, but if you know kind of some features Basis, that lend yeah. themselves to elk, a lot of times you can at least get into elk sign. And that's how I went about last year, found some elk. But that particular unit that I went into, the elk didn't want to talk. And for me, I like getting into them when they want to play, man, because I, I enjoy calling. And that probably comes back from the death of them. Like, I, I love to call. And uh, so I moved. Was still in the elk. I was still seeing a handful of elk, but they weren't playing. And uh, I guess it was September 4th, changed units, went up about 2,500 more uh, foot elevation. And <laughs> just going and off. That, and just that little change in elevation, just little stuff like that. Yeah. And to me, kind of like what Jermaine was saying in his uh, seminar, man, I learned so much from failures. Like, you know, when you if you don't learn something out of every single hunt, man, you won't pay no attention. That's right. You know, because every hunt, you don't learn something. You don't, right. A lot of times, you don't need to write it down. But I do. But yeah. a lot of times, you don't need to write it down, but you don't learn something. You're going to see it. Hunt. Well, it depends on how much attention you're paying, right? Because some of the lessons are small, and I, I, I hear it all the time. We're doing this podcast with the Elk Bros podcast is folks will, will say, you know, the elk hung up or the elk were quiet. And it's like, man, you're not paying attention, mm, right? You, so it, it's like, there's more that we do wrong and expect them to do the opposite of what we're doing wrong. And we never reflect. It's like shooting, right? Anytime, 100%. anytime an arrow flies wrong, we blame the equipment or the arrow or the spine or whatever the fuck. I got a knock right. tune. I ain't knocked tune. Yeah, I, I ain't knocked tune an arrow in my fucking life. Saying everybody loves to ask me that question. I'm like, I got, I get the arrows and I put a four fletch on them if they're not already. And that's it. I don't lay them. I put a hundred grain tip on it and I shoot it until I'm shooting good and. I don't know anything about all the weight and all that stuff. But. See, I geek out on some of that shit. But, you know, we put all that attention into that. But then we we neglect what we really need to be paying attention to in the field. And then it's always something else. It's like, man, take look inward. Mm. You're fucking up. Yeah, right? If, if you can go out and find elk your first season and be like, I'm an elk. I can be an elk every single day for days. Why the f- you know what I mean? Yeah. Everybody should be able to do it. It's hard for some people to point the finger at themselves ever. And I've hunted with guys like that, and it's like, damn, man. Maybe yeah. it was, <laughs> yeah. How about maybe it was, you shouldn't have introduced that bull sound. You know, maybe you should stuck with the bull sound and not introduce that cow sound. And, you know, we're not biologists. Who knows if that's ever right? But, you know, I always think of me first before anything mm-hmm. is what did I do? How did you know I fuck I mean? that up? Exactly. <laughs> and you, get, you go back any September and you look at my Instagram. And uh, I typically try to do them in black and white. And I and I can't do nothing but laugh at myself. 100%. Right? And I'll call it every single time. Blew another one. Fuck that one up. Blew another one. Yep. <laughs> you know what I mean? But that's and it, and it, it's not like people like who was it? It was Bill Ayer with Slayer Calls. And he's like, Yeah, he goes, I don't understand. I didn't understand until I sat down and talked to you how you're laughing about blowing an elk out. And I'm like, dude, cause it, it don't, it just makes me a better yeah. elk hunter. Every time it happens, I get to evaluate that. 100%. I don't let the lesson just walk by me, 100%. right? It's a fucking fool's game. 100%. I want to be that 98% guy. And the only way I could do that is say, I fucked that up. Yep. You know what I mean? Yep. Like I did something wrong. Right. You know, and I've it- killed too many animals by doing something right to say, I do everything right, it's bullshit. Right. You know what I mean? Then up your game, right? 100%. It's crazy. It's it's one of those things where it's fine to get disappointed with yourself, but like to dwell on it, it's almost like with football. Short memory. If you're an offensive lineman, 
they're, you're going to lose reps. Like, that's that's the way it goes. You're playing against the biggest, biggest, baddest dudes out there. You're going to lose reps. But if you lose a rep and then you get back in your stance, Manny, and you're thinking, oh, no, like, I can't do this again, you're probably about to lose that next rep. You know what I mean? Short memory. Exactly what you said. Short memory. You got to have a short memory. And it, 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 goes, it goes for almost everything we do. If you screw up, learn the lesson. I don't care. I write the lessons down. If, it, if I feel like it's a hard lesson, I'm writing that lesson down, mm-hmm. right? So I don't forget about it. My little, my little journal. My daughter taught me that shit. Yeah, and uh, I write that lesson down, and I try and hone in on that lesson, right? I, I screwed up last year. I might be a little bit better this year, you right. know. Another but, thing for me, I find it when I'm solo, man, I learn the most because you're not depending on nobody. Nobody, you know, nobody saying nothing. It's nobody's excuses. If you if you got to win, that's on you. If you lose, it's on you. And that's I it. it that yeah, way. man, that's my favorite. Like I, so last year was kind of my first exposure to like the whole full-on base camp camaraderie. I did the Elk Bros Adventure Camp with the guys and coached in that camp. And I and I never really realized how powerful that was, but it still don't take me away from wanting that solo experience, man. There's something about that solitude. I could leave all my shit on the mountain. You know what I mean? It's just like, there's nothing like it, man. There's so, nothing like it. I'm going down a little rabbit hole. I'll, I'll tell this story quick, but when I killed that bull, so, Drew the tag, my buddy came out, helped me scout for the first day, on my own the rest of the day. So day five, got my plan together, getting my glass in point. It's about 20 degrees with a 15-mile-an-hour sustained north wind, freezing cold. So I'm laying at the bottom of this little ridge, and, you know, 7 o'clock rolls around, 8 o'clock rolls around. I'm like, why are they not fed out? Finally, about 9 o'clock rolls around, here comes a raghorn. Now, keep in mind, this is third rifle. So I'm like, he's not by himself. Another raghorn, another raghorn. He's a bull. Now, on the first day of scouting, we found a giant. I'm talking about a 370, like, giant. And I was hunting up north, close to Wyoming. Let's put it to you like that. And uh, so my mind was fixated on this bull. But as these eight, nine bulls feed out, I'm like, all right, that one's pretty good. But then the last one that come out, he came out five minutes after all the rest of them, just the way he was walking. He was the man. So he finally wraps around before he came all the way around. He looked, he just, just so, so you could tell he played the game. Looks around, <laughs> then he just slowly walks up to the rest of them, and they're all bedded down. And my buddy let me use his spider. Well, his ass didn't leave me with his tripod. He forgot his tripod. So See, I'm trying to hold it. I'm laying at the bottom of the hill with it on my pack, freaking shivering. The thing's on my pack, and I'm looking up at these bulls, and I'm like, ooh, that is a big bull. I'm like, that ain't the other one, but that's a big bull. I won't walk away from them. So I'm laying there studying these bulls. There's 11 bulls laying up there on the side of this ridge. I'm like, this is sick. So I'm kind of looking at him like, for sure, he's a big one. And I'm about to grab my stuff to make a uh, move on him. All of a sudden, they stand up. They don't look down. So I'm like, they just all stand up and they're stretching. They start to move towards private. I'm like, oh, man, I'm fucked. Oh, man. So they move about 200 yards and they all look around. They lay down again, about 80 yards from the line. I'm like, oh, hell yeah. So I'm going to make a move on him. Get the wind right and the wind is ripping get the wind right, climb up over about the third little drainage, look over, and I'm eye to eye with the second biggest bull. He's chewing his cut, staring at me right in my eyes about 110 yards. <laughs> and I'm froze, just holding the gun like I'm a foot. And I'm like, damn, like, I could just pull up freehand and pop him, but I'm like, that ain't the biggest one. Chewing his cut, we have a stare down. He just lays down. I'm like, whoo. All right, so I kind of make a little amendment to my approach. Kind of swing a little wider, a little wider. A couple drainages, I finally get to him. And I just see the rack of that big bull, just side to side. I couldn't see his head or nothing, but I'd laid down there long enough. I, I knew what both beams looked like. I'm like, this is him. So I get in the position. I lay down. I'm prone. I put a rock underneath my stock, and I'm like, all right, man, he ain't far. He's like 130 yards. I'm like, I'm shooting a nice 6.5 PRC. This should be a layup. 
felt like 10 minutes, but I bet a minute went by. He stands up. He's taking a piss in his bed. I'm like, this dude is toast. <laughs> Take a deep breath. <laughs> he just looks at me. I'm like, that ain't right. <laughs> Chuck another one there. <laughs> he hunches up and looks at me, but I'm like, he should have dropped. Huck another one there. <laughs> he hunches up again. He's just looking at me. I'm like, damn. And before I climbed up that last little knoll, so I took my uh, vinyl harness off. You know, it's a, it feels a lot more comfortable to lay prone with mm-hmm. vinyl harness on. So I left it down the hill a little bit. Well, that's where my spare ammo's at. Oh. So I kind of, oh. I rolled to stay little. I rolled down the hill about 10 yards, just shuffled down there, grabbed my vinyl harness. And I mean, I'm shaking like a leaf dog. <laughs> so I'm trying, to put, I'm trying to put bullets in my magazine. And I climb back up there and there's elk running all over the place. And I'm like, please say he ain't on private. I look, pull the binos up, they're on private. Well, I keep scanning. And I'm like, oh, that's the bull. He's behind a big ass rock. All I see is from his nose to his ears and his rack. I'm like, he's still on public. Wind is ripping. So I just lay there. 30 minutes go by. He just stands there. I'm like, he's wounded. Like, please take another step, big fella. I'm talking to myself. I'm like, come on, big fella. One more step. One more step. Don't move. I'm like, well, I got to do something. So I move to the left. Get that rock in between me and him. And I just run. It's so windy. I knew he wouldn't hear my feet. So I just take off running. And at the that big rock, at the base of it, there was a small rock. So, I mean, he's me to you on the other side of the rock. I'm like, whoo. I take the gun. Take the safety off. I look up, and he's from me to you looking away. Ooh, I duck no down. way. I duck down behind a rock. I'm like, holy shit. I mean, he's right there. I'm like, all right. Time to finish him. I lean up, pull the gun up, left my scope on 14. I'm like, damn it. So I kind of lean back, and he was looking away. I just tried to sneak it in that last rib, really anywhere at that point, right? Getting another bullet in. Boom. I just see steam start coming out. He looks at me. I duck behind the rock. I'm like, holy shit. I suck it up with him. I take a deep breath and I'm shivering at this point from the cold and from the adrenaline. Oh my God. So I take a couple breaths. I'm like, holy shit. Stand up. He's still in the same spot. Never moved. I can see the whole pouring blood, dude. I'm like, oh my God. So I just look down the barrel of the gun, put it right on his neck. Pom! He folds up like a suitcase. I'm like, holy shit. Now I sit down and it took about 10 minutes to be excited just because of how shitty I felt of having it. Take right. So many, right. yeah. But. After all that wore off, I was like, damn, this is my first step. This is incredible. But the coolest part was I was up high enough, I had signal. So I FaceTimed my buddy, my best friend, man. He uh, he was playing for the Jaguar. That's how I met him. And uh, he's on the training table getting taped for practice. And I'm like, look at this shit, motherfucker. I'm, I'm, <laughs> at this I'm like, fucking look at this thing, blah, blah, blah. And of course, everybody there knows me. I just played there. Mm-hmm. So everybody gathers around. There was like 30 dudes standing behind him. I'm like, holy shit. Some dudes don't even know what the elk is. What is that, a moose? And I'm like, nah, but it was the coolest thing, man, to have Hell everybody, yeah. you know, essentially there, right, on the phone and show everybody. Incredible time, but by myself. Nobody was telling me nothing. Just trying to figure it out. But that's how that's I was dope, that first bull. Hell man. yeah. <laughs> so, so as you were talking us through that experience, that something stood out to me outside of the story was the data collection mm-hmm. right temperature mm-hmm. wind direction mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. how important is that <laughs> in the field especially western hunting so sometimes with the uh well every time you can't control the weather right and um you know hunting season i, I don't another little short rabbit hole you know there's some of those white-tailed guys are about oh, the moon ain't good i'm not gonna hunt it's like <laughs> if i can hunt i'm about to be hunting, I'm hunting. point is is you know, for me, I don't really care as much about the temperature. I always like it to be cooler, but the wind, man, that has ruined so many hunts for me. And from what people say, the winds out here are a lot more variable than other places. And uh, one thing I found that if you don't trust in the wind and use the wind before anything, man, 
man, I've had a lot of hunts. Even when I think I have everything perfect, it just takes that one gust that you feel it on the back of your neck. It'll cut you wrong. It's over. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's just over. But yeah, to answer your question, man, the wind is, that's probably the most important thing about everything is getting the wind right. Yeah. What about the other data, right? It sounds like you, you have that that innate ability to collect as you move, collect as you move, collect as you move. Oh, 100%, man. And going back to the data, like, for instance, whenever I pick uh, – so I used to love doing nothing but spike camping, right? I'm just going to put 90 pounds on my pack and let's go in three, four miles. Well, the more I do this, the more I realize when you do that, you're kind of stuck in that area. And if those animals ain't there, you know, there's going to be a lot of energy expended getting that camp mm-hmm. out moved to the next location. So what I like to do, I like base camp, man. I'll base camp go in however many miles is necessary and if i find a spot where it seems like the elk are consistently at then from my base camp i'll load up a spike camp two or three days worth of stuff and then i'll go in there and hunt it that way as opposed to having seven to eight days worth of stuff and not to say that's not fun that's a hell of a time but for me i find myself being a lot more efficient being mobile i think hey i agree i think i think mobility is king uh especially when we're talking public land hunts mm-hmm. right i mean you cannot beat mobility because i was the same way you know i want to go in off my pack <laughs> and then you you know and on the other side of that is base camp kind of limits you too as if you have because sure. i've seen some lavish fucking base camps 100%. that's that's a great point and one thing that i can't remember who i had heard this from one of those guys they were like listen don't set up the taj mahal no. why because you gotta move if the elk aren't there in three days you're going to be more inclined to stay there another three days because you don't want to break down that's the taj it mahal, that's right? right and that that really resonated with me and so don't get me wrong if it's going to be cold i'll set up my hot tent but i'm not putting up the shower having all this crazy stuff because in 45 minutes i want to have all the stuff in the truck in the, the truck and gone yeah because there ain't nothing worse uh, some of them guys i remember i think it was either last year or the year before it was last year. Them dudes, I ain't kidding you. They had a fifty-foot wall tent with a with a fifteen, twenty-foot kitchen in the front of it. Two trailers, showers. I mean, the whole Three night. Hours of work just to pack up and leave. Oh no, six, seven oh, hours yeah, of work. Yeah. Right. I walked. They invited me over. I was I was down below them, and they they you know saw. Anywho, saw who I was or whatever, came and talked. Oh, I like the podcast, come eat dinner. So I was like, hell yeah, I'm tired of goddamn de- uh, dehydrated yeah. meals. And I went up there and I walked in that camp in that tent, and I was like. Holy they ain't shit! Going nowhere. They ain't going nowhere, and they were only there for ten days. Right? You know what I mean? And it's like there's no way I could do it. You know, for me, I you know the rooftop tent or a, that uh, either Davis or the Kodiak canvas. They have yeah. the little pop up bow tent, man, yeah. and it's like super fast canvas tent, man, in and out. You know, a couple hours if that, and I'm on the road. Man, but then I, I started rolling the the side by side. Yeah. And yeah. that's the way, right? Because you can cover so much ground. I'll keep a spare tent and sleeping bag and a little yeah. waterproof bag in the back of that. And if I got to spike out from that thing for a night, then so be it. 100%. But, right? but I think mobility's king. But we were talking about a plan. Like, you can't come out here, especially from somewhere out east or farther west, yeah. and just have a plan. Like, you right. A, B, C, D, D, E, F, G. That's right. Because, I mean, I don't think people realize if you come out here, it's not uncommon for somebody to hunt for a week, and they might not find a fresh pile of elk shit. Like There's, that's not that's not uncommon. Tell me, so, 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 I'm yeah. on the mountain from from opener to close, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm telling you that that week I was around, folks. I talked to 13 different people, and not they had not seen an animal in that amount of time. Yeah, right. So it's like, damn. And it's like, where are you guys going? Oh, we've been going over here. You know, talk to them. 
where you guys go? Oh, we were we're in the same spot. And it's like, why the hell? Yeah. Why are you hunting the same landscape yep. if you're not seeing nothing? Yep. You know, and you just 100%. get bogged down to it, man. And it's just like, damn. And it, like you say, you got guys coming from Minnesota, from Indiana, from Iowa. You're talking 20, oh, yeah. 26, 27 hour drives. Oh, yeah. To go to one fucking location mm -hmm. and struggle bus. And if all you got is five, six days, hey, if I go in a spot and I don't see an elk in a day and a half, Audi. less than that, I'm Audi. gone. Yeah. I'm gone. It's time to reposition. Yeah. I mean, it's, and then I say it all the time, right, is you got to play the entire landscape. So we, we you know, we'll rewind to that, that e-scouting type deal. And folks will get, you know, if they have plan A through F, but they, they fall in love with that landscape and can't get out of the rut of that landscape. And it's just like, God damn guys. And I kind of dropped my point there um, on where I was going with it, but it just, I don't know. It, it, it's hard. It's hard to have a platform to want to educate people and to get out on the mountain and provide the same level of information oh, yeah. Yeah. when you're on the mountain, when it's It's like, it's going to, that might fuck with my hunt a little bit, you know? Right. And it's just, it's like you're in the same spot. Oh, that's what I was saying. I was saying play the landscape. So, you know, you're going to the location, you've seen the same side by side, the four quads in the same location and seven trucks lined up along the road. And you can hear the same seven guys bugling and oh, yeah. chuckling all day long. Yeah. So if you're going to stay there, play it differently. Don't don't run the same game. Yeah. Right. It's 100%. like you got it. You got it's not even just location. It's repertoire. Right. Expand the repertoire and get way to get rid of, you know, Jermaine said it in his thing. Right. And it's something that that a lot of us preach is cow and calf sounds. Mm -hmm. Get off the goddamn bugle too. Yeah. And just go in there. If you got to go like last year, I got in this little timber patch. It was all spot and stock. Every elk that I come across in there was just stealth mode quiet. You know, it was like, I don't need to call in here. These, they're, they're not responding. They're right. moving away from calls that's because everybody's point. calling. That's a great point. You know, I'm just going to go silent. That's how I found the help. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I don't know, man. The planning is huge. Um, I heard a cool saying, somebody, and it, this is not that one guy coined this, but people say, uh, hunt the elk and not the country. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, yep. God, don't fall in love with the, the creeks and all that. And don't get me wrong, that water's an elk finding feature. But, you know, my point is, is you got to be hunting the elk and not the country. Man. I mean, piss wallows. Look, you know what I mean? Look yeah. for that obscure stuff. Like I say, the small timber patch. Everybody was driving by the small timber patch, right? It was it was the end of season. And uh, kind of moved locations to the, the backside of the area. And uh, I spent the first half a day looking to see where everyone was at. I assessed that, and I said, "Well, I didn't see anybody even looking at this piece." I went over there, dude. There was so many elk walking through there. Yeah. I had I had elk ten foot up my ass the first morning in gray mm -hmm. light, and I'm like, "Okay, this is where they're yeah. at, right?" It's just you got to play the landscape. You know, it's a chess game the whole time we're out there. Our predation, recreators, we're in Colorado, right? Natural predation, not to say we're not natural. Um, but you have all these factors, just regular recreators, and, and you're going to just go with the same old bullshit. So it's like the same old one tip, man, that helped me that I learned in the turkey woods is don't just walk the forest service road and blow up bugle. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> people kill elk that way. I understand. Yeah. But what really taught me that, I was something in Florida, and we were walking this road, and we were just calling, walking this sand road. Nothing. Nothing. We go in the woods, ADR. Just getting off that road, yeah. man. Yeah. Well, they know too, right? I mean, you look at most of these animals, they could, a turkey, right? You sit there, you sit on the base of a tree, you, you know, you, you purr at a turkey, it's going to walk up and know 
just about exactly where you're at. 100%. Right? Everybody that I talk to that I know just about elk, same way. I bugled, and man, it was crazy. The elk was 12 yards away staring. Yeah. Right. They may so, not make a sound, but they, they might know. Been silent. Right. They don't know where you're so at. if I'm walking that trail and I'm bugling on that trail and that elk or that herd has seen or known that to be done 50 times in the last two weeks, 100%. Man. Right? It's like, pay attention, play the damn chessboard. Right. <laughs> you know? And then some people, they, they'll call. And they don't hear anything. Oh, there's no elk here to move off. Right. Well, last year I I got I found out the hard way about that. You know, I blew a locator, nothing. So I'm kind of stumbling through the woods a little bit on this north facing slope, and it maybe 60, 80 yards. I see an ear flicker. Pull the binos up. Oh, there's a cow, cow, another cow. There's about a herd of about 50 of them. None of them made a peep. You know damn well they heard me. But the point is, they did not make a sound, but they're still there. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I just kind of use. My bugle more is my eyes sometimes. Like if I'm in thick stuff, I'm gonna blow a locator just so if something is in there that wants to respond and he it's responds, gonna, great. Right. You know what I mean? But you know, I'm not going a hundred yards and calling. Some guys do that with great success. There's nothing wrong with that. But uh that's just not the way I, that I do yeah, it. Yeah, and it's not my approach either. So you had kind of a kind of a stellar turkey season, man. I kind of saw you moving around yeah. from state to state. How did that uh it was a good one, man? I finished up my grand slam. Uh I was able to get my two Osceolas down in Florida. Uh, I got a uh, Missouri Eastern. Me and my buddy shot a double. And then uh, four days later, uh, two days later, I killed another Eastern in Kansas. My goal in Kansas was to get a Rio because, so I finished up that slam in Missouri. But if I could have got a Rio and a Merriam, I would have got a single season Grand Slam this year. So that was my goal was to shoot a Rio. Lo and behold, a big old giant 11-inch paintbrush beer eastern come out and i'll be down if i was going yeah. so <laughs> going i got him with my boat but uh no it was an outstanding turkey season man that hunting a little bird like that a little pre- pea brain bird man until you do it you don't realize how cunning that thing is yeah. man and the eyesight is it's ridiculous it's hearing, impeccable it's insane yeah. man just the way especially an old gobbler like the way they play the game it's just like an elk like a lot of times they'll gobble 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 and you're like this is awesome but a lot of times I get fired up when they shut up because mm-hmm. those old birds, they're not going to gobble all the way in. They're going to gobble and they're going to realize, okay, there's a hen there. Now in nature, those turkeys gobble because they're trying to bring that hen in. So naturally they want that hen to yeah. come to them, but they'll get to a point where they'll stop and they'll try and get to high ground and come sneak in mm-hmm. try to peek that little head around the tree just to make sure you're what you say you are. You know what I'm saying? Yep. So, man, it's just like, hell, it's a chess game, man. Isn't it? Yeah, it's a chess game. So, before we wrap up, we are sitting at Western Hunt Fest and mm-hmm. we got the call comp coming up. Um, talk about the podcast a little bit, man. What what made you start it and then you know what what uh kind of roads are you walking on the podcast? Yeah, so man, it's you know, I'm still taking baby steps with it. It's been uh the response has been really good to to the show so far. It's called Retired to Hunt. You guys can check it out on all uh all major streaming uh sites and whatnot. But uh yeah, you know, really the reason I did it, number one, I just love hunting, love talking to people that, that love hunting and also, I saw it as a way to, to make other relationships with other serious hunters, right? Because at this point in my life, I'm trying to make it to where the outdoors industry, I guess, if you will, is how I make my living. Because this is all I want to do is be on the road and hunt, man. Because I, I just love it. And that's mm-hmm. what I want to do. So, you know, I, I like to think I have a, a knack for speaking and being able to convey my passion for the woods and so on and so forth. So I felt like this was uh, kind of at least the first step of, of kind of getting into the industry and so on and so forth. Maybe at some point I'll break into the film stuff. but Right now, uh, you know, I just love talking about it. And to be frank, I just want to hunt. Like, you know, that if I had a billion dollars, you know, to be frank, I probably wouldn't do it and uh, just hunt. But, uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? But uh, I just love to hunt, man. What, uh, 
So it's just it's it's all things hunting. It's, it's all things hunting. Now, you know, I get some sports guys on, and we we'll talk about sports or just other occupations stuff like that. But you know, everybody that comes on that show, they hunt. You know what okay. I mean? So, and that's why if you're tired to hunt, really named after you know me and my passion and kind of how I eased out of sports and, and got into the industry a little bit, kind of where I'm at now. But yeah, man, it's going very good. good. And, you know, if you guys want to check out some of the stuff I do on Instagram. Uh, you can find me at high country underscore J Walk J W A L K. Some cool stuff. If you like hunting, you know, if you don't, you probably shouldn't uh, probably shouldn't go look at my page because nothing, uh, nothing but animals and a tiny, tiny bit of football. That's it. <laughs> no, I think I think I think more people that are outside of our realm need to go to people that are passionate about it and get the true story behind why we do what we do, right? Because I think that's where we lack is you know, for a long time we we want to just cut it off. We don't want to have the conversations and it's been to our detriment. So I appreciate your approach, man. And, you know, if we can expose that from a, from a good place, sure. right. I, I don't think we can, well, <laughs> I was going to say, I don't think we can lose, but we, we yeah, get our asses right, kicked, right. right? It's, yeah. it's really, really rough, it's but a lot more of them than it is. us. Yeah. Man, it's, but. it's a rough thing, but no, I, like I told you, man, I, you know, I checked you out. I was like, yeah, I'm a watch. And then Jermaine, Jermaine chimed in, and I was like, okay, hell yeah. Now listen to some episodes. Man, I got to stand for approval, man, from this predator over here. Yeah. Man, that's what's up. That boy's a killer, man. But, man, brother, I appreciate the hey, time, appreciate man, and the guy. sit down, man. Probably yeah. You, man. Yeah, you as well, yeah, man. man. I was uh, I was like, heck yeah. When I saw you walk up, I was look, I'm not getting bullshit. I was like, man, I hope Jay's here today. <laughs> I'm serious. I asked Jeff. He goes, I don't know. And I'm like, man, I saw you. I was like, yeah, I finally get to shake his oh, hand, man. man. Got it done, man. Yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah. So we'll have to do it again, man. I'd like sure. to follow up with you on the season and you know chop it up some more yeah i'd like to and, get you on mine too yeah man. absolutely man yeah. just let me know and then uh you know I'll, I'll kind of venture off into uh the community aspect i when i started it was i wanted to expose the diversity in hunting right? oh that's some real shit right there so i really want to get you on and you know we'll have a you know a deep conversation yeah. about that right because because <laughs> be um, you look around and people think that it's this inbred you, you know yes, fud type 100%. thing right and they don't understand man that you know there's there's huge huge history down my family's from from down south new orleans right and they don't understand the history in it and that'll and, be a great we ought to yeah we ought to do a yeah, deep dive into that yeah, yeah we need to great, man. yeah i want to do that with you so we'll hook up after this man and we'll enjoy the rest of this but yeah we got to yeah, definitely link up sure, on man. that all right brother thank you again hey, i appreciate it brother. Yeah, yeah.